Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So, color me surprised. I thought with two mass shootings in a week and the federal government being controlled entirely by Democrats and us being more left-leaning at that level than we ever have been before, I thought, okay, here comes the gun conversation of my lifetime. Here comes a bigger effort to really change the relationship between the people and guns than than it has ever occurred. And it disappeared faster than it ever has. Yeah. It barely Uh lasted a day before... Even like the CNNs of the world said, you know, we we're talking to people and it just doesn't look like it's going to happen. I hardly heard a word about it yesterday, and today it's gonzo. It wow. didn't even last 48 hours. Wow. I've, I've never seen the gun conversation disappear this fast before. So for, for better or worse, it's, it's for better for me because almost anything they ever talk about is something that's going to make it harder for me to get a gun, and I'm not sure it's going to make it that much different with the mass shootings. But, you know, regardless of your views... Um, just from a political standpoint, I find it sh- amazing that it disappeared as fast as it did. On uh, on that topic, you know what's funny about that? Just real quickly, is that in the aftermath there was the usual shouting of "We need to do something," and, and Joe Biden with his impassioned, "I'm not going to wait one minute." To do the right thing. And everybody did the, the, recited their usual lines. But then when it came for round two or, you know, the follow up, everybody looked around and said, I was just reading my lines. I don't have any interest in pursuing this. Me, really? Me neither. And it, it ended. Yeah. Kabuki theater, man. So I've always been kind of interested in, since I was a kid, really, but, um, on how trying to do a crime and failing is treated so much differently than trying to do the exact same crime but succeeding, either in the eyes of the law or the way we perceive it. Now, I suppose mm-hmm. it makes sense in the eye of the law, although if I come in here and point a gun at Sean and want to kill him, but I miss, it's amazing how much less the oh, penalty you is. you better not miss. <laughs> it's amazing how much less the penalty is than if I had hit him. and it's My intent was exactly the same. Yes, and well, and what's really interesting is if you shoot and miss, if you shoot and hit him, but he survives, or you shoot and hit him and he dies, three very different scenarios for essentially the same act. So there's that angle of it, the way the law handles it, and then there's the public perception of these things, and this has always been amazing to me, too. If a terrorist uh, has a full-on plan to do serious mayhem, but they, they, they screw up, they're either bad at it or just luck or whatever, it doesn't happen... We don't really get riled up about it. If they succeed, the same exact intent. If they succeed, we move heaven and earth, change all kinds of laws, all kinds of different things happen. And I, I, I mention that because this happened yesterday. A man busted after bringing five guns and body armor into a grocery store in Atlanta. Did you hear this story? No. No, because he failed. Let what me happened? Read, Let me read the whole thing. A man was arrested in Atlanta yesterday after he walked into the... Publix grocery store hauling five guns and body armor, reports said. Authorities were called to the Atlantic Station Publix in Atlanta, that's the name of the grocery store, at about 1.30 in the afternoon. A manager told them a man came in with a rifle and headed directly toward a bathroom. Police spokesman uh, said that uh, a witness observed the mail and alerted store management, who then notified police. 
As the suspect, identified by cops as a 22-year-old Rico Marley, left the bathroom, authorities quickly took him into custody. He was found to be strapped with two long guns and three pistols, all of which were concealed on his person and loaded. He's been charged with reckless conduct. And that's the end of the story. He walked out of that bathroom, sure looks like, with the intent to kill as many people he could kill. Might have been 20, might have been 30, might have been 10 like the guy the other day. But because somebody saw him, and the police got there in time, and they arrested him before he shot him, you haven't even heard the story. Yeah. Shout out to those cops. And it'll have no effect on the gun discussion or anything, really. It's just because he failed. Because somebody saw him. If that one person hadn't saw him, it's a, maybe we change our laws about the Second Amendment in this country. Right. Right. And then well, at least pretend to or for a day, to. as yeah. we referred to earlier. Here's a question for law enforcement. Um, and you can email us, mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. Of course, you'll be anonymous. We have never gotten a source in trouble in our entire careers. Uh, mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. Here's my question. What now? I mean, obviously, you can't hold a guy for, what was it, reckless conduct? Or? Right. Well, Whatever even, that charges, even that if they charge. throw the book at him, I'm sure it's well short of mass murder. Oh, but oh, it's just please. luck that he didn't do that, right? So what do you do now? Do you surveil him? Do you hold him? Do you force him into some sort of mental health treatment? Do you just what do you do? Do you turn him loose and hope he doesn't get hold of more guns? And uh, you know, similarly, if he had killed ten people. People be pouring over his Facebook pages and, you know, which candidates did he like and what's his religion and all these different things. Because right. somebody happened to spot him walking into the bathroom, I don't know anything about him and probably will never hear a thing about him. Wow. Wow. Yeah, that's troubling. Uh, what was the guy's name again? Did we have his name? Yeah. I mean, there's nothing you can really tell from the name, but. Well, you know, sometimes you can, but most of the time you can't. Uh, Rico Marley, 22, almost the exact same age as the last two people that were unfortunately successful. The other two were both 21, right? Yeah. Wow. Rico Marley, a uh, Puerto Rican, Jamaican. Rico Marley. Well, that's uh, that's incredibly troubling. I I wish I wish the smartest minds could take a look at this, and, and they probably are. But uh, focusing on what what isn't going on in our culture. What is happening there? And I think I've changed my mind. I used to think it was the name in the picture that was causing these things. And I, I'm definitely glad that we're not doing the name picture thing near as much. Uh, hearing the name of the shooter and seeing his picture immediately. Mm-hmm. But the amount of attention these things get, I think if you're some kind of half a nut job or complete nut job out there, the impact you have on society... I think is all. I don't think you need the name in the picture. I think just knowing, man, people are going to be talking about this for a week. Every show is going to be talking about this all day long. They'll be talking about me, even if they don't talk. Even if they don't have your name in picture, it's just you've made such an impact. These people that feel like they're and 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 again, that's why I want to get to the psychology of it. Is it about? Is because we've created this culture where everybody wants to be famous. Um, Bill Maher was talking about this a couple of weeks ago, not around shootings, but just in general, young people. The, the percentage of people that want to be an Instagram influencer or a movie star or a musician, whatever, everybody wants to be famous. And these people get to be a certain age and realize, I'm not going to be famous, but man, if I shoot up my school or the grocery store, I'll be famous. Maybe it's just that. I don't know. I think that's absolutely a big part of it. 
hundred uh, percent. Then you add to that a little bit of uh, mental illness and and anger and and feeling like you want to punch the world back. Well, we've we, sure. we've 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 created this idea, and you know it's easy to fall for even as a full on grown up. That if there's not an audience, it didn't happen. It doesn't matter. If I don't put the birth of my baby or the birthday party or whatever on Facebook and get a whole bunch of likes and put it on Instagram and get a whole bunch of attention, it just it didn't count. Right. Whereas when I was a kid, nobody knew about my birthday party or knew what it looked like except for the five people in the room. My mom, dad, and two brothers. And everybody had a great time. Grandma and grandpa wouldn't even see it because, you know, by the time we see them, we probably wouldn't get around to showing them a picture. <laughs> so right. that's the way it worked right. at my house. Now, you know, it's it's so important. that And so it, just this idea that nothing matters unless I get, a, uh, get, get an audience. Yeah, and there's a big fame industry, too, uh, trying to pitch the idea that if you are famous, you are happy, you are fulfilled, you are special. Um, and then, you know, honestly, a lot of these people get famous for whatever, having big boobs or, uh, you know, whatever draws millions of people to their Instagram page. And then uh, they get rewarded rather handsomely. And oh. so I don't know what the answer would be, because not covering these stories obviously would be ridiculous. There's no way you can stop it. We have a First Amendment, but it'd be kind of, it'd be weird. Um, so we're not going to let people know that there are mass shootings going on regularly and have a discussion about guns. That would be weird. But the violence porn that we've talked about forever, even including some of my favorite news shows, I was watching one of my favorite Fox News shows yesterday. They were just engaging in violence porn. There was no news or educational benefit to the segment I saw. Just violence porn. Hmm. Just rolling around and how awful this is. And bloody pictures and, you know, that sort of thing. It just It's awful. Well, here's a suggestion that will be ignored, but it'll make me feel better to say it, so I'm going to. Given the incredible amount of editorializing in today's news industry, I mean, you cannot read a freaking news story anymore. Just every sentence is dripping with spin and, and perspective and, and, and uh, advocacy and the rest of it. Just tell me what happened. But anyway, given that a huge amount of editorializing these days, why isn't there more old-school crime story editorializing where in the past newspapers would use really judgmental terms about criminals and murderers and those who would hurt other people uh, why isn't our news story why is isn't our news media calling these people the despicable coward well, let's if we're going to show a picture not the scary one he posted to his freaking idiot social media thing holding the gun post the one with him bleeding from the head or crumpled up dead or sitting forlorn in a jail cell and let's call them what they are the mentally ill coward who hurt so many good people you know let's let's editorialize a little bit yeah and again uh we would be talking about a mass murder today probably Happened at an Atlanta grocery store if the manager hadn't happened to see him walk into the bathroom, which is just a weird, I don't even know what to do with that story. Yeah. Well, and the other aspect of this that uh, I almost forgot was that the experts are, are quite certain there's a copycat phenomenon sure. to all this. Yeah. So, so you know, seen it with suicides in schools, pregnancies sure. in schools. Happens. It's utterly undoable, but yeah, I'd like to conduct an experiment. Let's just try it, America, for a couple of years. Nobody reports on it at all. Of course, that's impossible because, you know, somebody shoots up your local supermarket. I'd like to know about yeah, it. Yeah. Plus the victims and the families and the rest of it. It's obviously undoable. But boy, I'd like to try out that parallel universe. Mm-hmm. 
Our text line is 415-295-KFTC. Got a guy who found a mouse tail in his Wheaties. No, we don't. Um, we'll have to, get to, I shouldn't even have said that. Uh, Wheaties are completely free of anything other than uh, uh, toasted grain, as far as I can tell. Wheat and goodness. Exactly. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. And just to put the icing on the cake, uh, they get the one, the, the person in America who actually symbolizes the humbug and hypocrisy of the Democrats, who treats women like used Kleenex. Uh, and as uh, everybody knows, has got is on the manifest of the Lolita Express with Jeffrey Epstein. And and the funny thing about this, Tucker, is if I were all the other Democrat, liberal Democrats, who gave their lives to this party, uh, for all their lives, people like Garrison Keillor, who is accused of putting his yeah. hand on the small of a woman's back, and boom, 50-year career vaporized. Charlie Rose, 50 years, gone. Matt Lauer, however many, third of a century, gone. And yet this guy survives all the time. He is the Robert C. Bird of sex fiends. If, if there were a Q. Klux Klan of sex fiends, a Kleenex Klux Klan or whatever, uh, he would be the Grand Kleagle of the sex fiend clan. <laughs> and that's Mark Stein talking about Bill Clinton. That was completely inappropriate and hilarious. The Garrison Keeler, you know, in particular, yeah. 50-year career. Well, yeah, touched a girl on her lower back once, she says, so guess you're done. It was just that week, or that yeah. month, anyway. Yeah. If you got in the crosshairs that month, you were just doomed. Tucker, was it Tucker talking about uh, Robert C. Bird yep. the other day? Yeah. And how he was, he was like a leader of the Klan. And, uh, but he, he reformed, and they say he sincerely reformed later in his life. I, I, I don't believe anything sincere from any politician unless I'm forced to. Uh, but it's amazing. And then you got this chick whose politics I despise, who was canned as the, uh, as the, uh, editor in chief of Teen Vogue because of something she tweeted as a child. I mean, Grand Kliegel of the, the clan or whatever the hell he was. Nah, he's all right. He's all right now. He said he's not that anymore. We go from that to a, a, a child's tweet. Uh, speaking of regrettable uh, actions in your life, go ahead and play us, uh, number two, Sean. Would you clip number two? 1242 to go in the second. It wasn't much, but I wanted to get a penalty against Nashville early. So that is uh, Tim Peel, who was an NHL referee, caught on a hot mic saying he wanted to get a penalty called against the Nashville Predators early in the game. And he has been banned from hockey for life. Um, interesting. Uh, bah, bah, bah. There is no justification for his comments, no matter the context or intention. Blah blah blah. He'd already made plans to retire next month. They say he was fifty-four years old. So one last score before he hits the retirement. Hmm. So uh, what's what's the what's the assumption there that he's betting? betting? Yeah. Oh, okay. That that was the NBA thing uh, with the whole referee betting scandal, right? The the referees weren't they weren't fixing the winners, but they were doing things to kind of manipulate total score bets, mm. things like that. 
Um, and so, so yeah, I, I don't know the exact betting uh, accusations made against this guy, but that's the danger. Okay. Well, yeah, that that is the danger. My understanding of it, though, is that um, he didn't want the game to get out of hand, and he wanted to send a message that, uh, look, we're not going to let you get away with the little stuff even, so don't start uh, bashing each other over the head or whatever. Because that's, that's a thing in hockey. You've got to keep control of the game, or it tur- it gets so chippy and violent, it turns really ugly. And I have a really strong feeling that's what was going on, but mm. I'm also not going to worry about him. He's, uh, you know, I wish him well uh, in his retirement. Chrissy Teigen, Jack, who oh, is geez, a model. This is the third time you've brought her up today. Mostly it was jokingly. She had 14 million Twitter Twitter. I, I don't know who she is. I've seen her name a number of times. I have no idea who she is. Well, she's a model like any other model in the world. She's also the wife of John Legend, the uh, the musician. A, f- a former swimsuit, uh, Sports Illustrated swimsuit model. She's kind of pivoted more to I host various variety shows and I sell cookbooks okay. sort of stuff now. All right. She says she was deeply bruised from her time online and hadn't learned how to block out the negativity. Aw, she went on in that vein, although we've run out of time. She's kept her Instagram account, however, where she has 34 million followers who are enjoying things such as the topless picture with her toddler she posted uh, last week. I say it again. If you follow models on your Twitter or your Instagram, you are a moron. Stay away from me. And I don't want to talk to you. (laughs) What the heck is wrong with you? It's very judgmental. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I changed the lock on my front. Now, you landlubbers out there, ones who don't have hats this nice, probably learned about this story from various shore-based news outlets, but I'm a man of the sea, I'm a salty dog, so I've been tracking this briny pickle from the moment it began. Situation started yesterday when powerful winds forced the ship aground on one of the canal's banks, blocking nearly the entire width of the canal. I get it. After a year of quarantine, nothing fits anymore. (laughs) <laughs> they should have put that ship into their stretchy canal. You know, the one that looks like denim but gives. <laughs> smart enough to go from sofa to brunch. <laughs> That's pretty good writing. When he's not being obnoxious, he's really clever. Oh, yeah. Um, That's Steve Colbert. He, uh, no, no, I saw, I saw yesterday, uh, the weight gain reminded me, I saw yesterday the average person gained a pound a month mm. over COVID. So, you know, 11, 12 pounds. I keep forgetting to weigh myself this week for some weird reason. I got a bad feeling. Maybe your subconscious is uh, saying, eh, let's not do that today. That could be right. Let's put that off. <laughs> you know, I just saw this headline in the New York Post. Dad bods are the biggest turn-on for singles in the pandemic sex era. Oh, yeah. What? No, they're not. <laughs> I got they, one. And they got no, couple, they're not. They got a couple of pictures there of, like, famous Hollywood dads who, okay, they don't look like they're 22, but they're still, you know. They're not chiseled like a G.I. Joe. Yeah. That, that, yeah, those people are still plenty in shape. Yeah, exactly. Dad bod, indeed. <laughs> I'll show you a dad bod. Some pic of Jason Momoa, like, exhaling. Oh, look at the dad bod on this on this green guy. Yeah, yeah, shut up. More or less what's happening, exactly. So Coca-Cola's in trouble. Why wouldn't for, uh, they be? Because, rotting people's teeth for a uh, hundred years. Because they haven't gotten involved in uh, politics the correct way. Coca-Cola is being threatened with a boycott for not opposing Georgia voting bills. 
They haven't kind of come out for them. They just haven't come out against them like some crowd thinks they should. Georgia activists are planning to launch a boycott of Coca-Cola, one of the biggest uh, companies in the world, but certainly one of the biggest companies there in Atlanta, um, over its apparent refusal to, den- to denounce a GOP-backed bill in the Georgia legislature that would limit voter access. What's well, that trend of uh, you're either for us or against us? You, you either uh, line up with us or we will terrorize you. You have to be actively anti-racist. You can't just say, I'm, I'm not racist. That's not good enough. You can't just say, as Coca-Cola said, we support a balanced approach to elections and want everything to be fair. That's not good enough. You have to come out against the JLP bill or a boycott will be announced against Coca-Cola. My guess would be they will cave and... Uh, and say something. Well, why don't they just... Oh, I will ghostwrite a press release for every corporation in America, and you can fill in the blanks as is appropriate. Dear angry public, we make fizzy sugar water. That's all we care about. Signed, Coca-Cola. Well, I'll tell you what. They opened themselves up for this, as did a lot of companies, because they felt like they had to last summer weigh in on the whole Black Lives Matter, George ah. Floyd thing. And they, every company felt like, well, if we don't make a statement, the word in solidarity with the Black Lives Matter, we're going to be in trouble. I don't, don't think that's true, but they did. So now people can come to them like this group did and said, Hey, you spoke out on racism. We can only assume that the fact that you're not saying anything means you're for this bill. Right. And, and you do open yourself up for that once you get involved. Yeah, I read a piece. It was probably in the Wall Street Journal, but it was all about how corporations feel like now they have to have a political oh, identity. Well, a so woke crazy. Identity. So yeah. crazy. Woke capital. We make dark-colored, sugary water. That's that's Our philosophy is let's sell as much of it as we can, period. Hey, I saw this story yesterday. It's worse than I even thought. The Cuomo family there in New York, they all got the vaccine ahead of where they should have because they know the governor. Shock and surprise. Exactly. Does that surprise me? No. Is it cool? No. But does it surprise me? No. It's worse than that, though. Uh, not only did they receive special access to COVID tests and vaccines, as well as quicker results and special treatment if any of them got the COVID than everybody else did, a state doctor made treks back and forth to Chris Cuomo's house. He's the DB from CNN. A state doctor being paid by the taxpayer was traveling back and forth to CNN host Chris Cuomo's house so he could get his tests and everything like that without having to leave the comfort of his home. Wow. That's uh, how it is if you're uh, connected. Wow, that's great. Isn't that something? Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. And I I truly and deeply (laughs) apologize for it. That's his brother there. God, what a piece of crap. Uh, just moving along quickly, because there's so many stories we could get to or should get to or I wish we could do again. Um, maybe we can direct you to the podcast. It was in hour three where we shared with you. I think it was hour three. Correct me if I'm wrong, Hanson, but uh, where we shared with you a note from a high school teacher who is talking about how the kids have forgotten how to learn. They've they've lost their school muscles, and it's shocking. It's like dealing with zombies almost. Uh, you really ought to hear that. Um, let's see, what else? Oh, I want to get this in. The San Diego Convention Center, big, beautiful, uh, renovated, giant convention center. It's the home of Comic-Con. I mean, the really big Comic-Con every year, among other things. Uh, it uh, got turned into a uh, homeless shelter, and now they're talking about turning it into an unaccompanied children-seeking asylum shelter. 
you know, granted, there aren't a lot of conventions. So it's the end of hour two. Thank you, Hanson. Go to armstrongandgetty.com for that podcast. Uh, but they're uh, they're not sure when kids are going to be again arriving, how many children to expect, or where they're coming from. But it could easily be thousands of children staying for a month or more, getting food, medical care, sleeping space, and showers for sneaking across the border. So, uh, the children, obviously, you have to deal with the children. But the Biden administration, and surely this will come up at the press conference, sure as hell better work to change the atmosphere that is saying, come to this country, come to this country, come to this country, country, because everybody knows it. Uh, even the, the president of Mexico addressed this. Why don't we play that clip just for fun? Well, it's not fun. It's sickening. But um, I'm sorry. What's What clip is that? Somebody help me. I, I don't have my glasses. <laughs> Why are my glasses? The nurse stole my glasses. Because you're Jewish. <laughs> exactly. Where would the president of Mexico clip? That's 50. After weeks of denying requests from the press to see where unaccompanied kids are being held, the administration led a small group of press on a tour of an HHS shelter they picked. President Biden thinks places like this are filling up because of natural disasters, drug trafficking, and Trump. So this new surge we're dealing with now started with the last administration, but it's our responsibility to deal with it humanely. And to, uh, and, and to stop what's happening. The president of Mexico disagrees. This is happening because of Trump. He blames Biden. Expectations were created that with the government of President Biden, there would be a better treatment of migrants. And this has caused Central American migrants and also from our country wanting to cross the border, thinking that it is easier to do so. The president doesn't think that's what's happening. It's not like someone sits around somewhere in Guatemala and says, I got a great idea. Let's sell everything we have, give the money to a coyote, have them take our kids or us to the border of America, take us across, leave us in the desert. We don't speak the language. Won't that be fun? I feel like everybody in the Western Hemisphere was expecting these people to show up at the border except for the Biden White House. The Democrats were expecting it and loved it. The Republicans expected it and hated it. All the media knew it. Everybody south of the border obviously knew it, including the president of Mexico. And the cartels, of course. Pretty much the only group that didn't know this was going to happen is the Biden White House. And that last statement he made, that is not like people were saying, hey, let's load up and go 3,000 miles. That's exactly what they said. Now, they don't say, won't that be fun? But what are you talking about? That's exactly what's happening. That was just strange. He's trying to claim that. They didn't all of a sudden decide this, but that doesn't make any difference. Like uh, ABC last night, they talked to, a, uh, I think, an 11-year-old who'd been walking for two months because Joe Biden was elected, what, four months ago, early November. They've known for a long time that this administration was coming in. You could, you didn't have to do it spur of the moment to show up at the border. They've been mm-hmm. walking or driving for months in some cases to get there because you made it very clear on the campaign trail that you were going to be welcoming to people. You weren't going to turn anybody away. And so they took you at your word. Yeah. And somebody printed a bunch of Biden let us in t-shirts, too, which was interesting. So the world of reality TV has been turned on its head by the woke crowd in a very strange way. If we have time to cram it in, an unbelievable number of drug overdoses in uh, San Francisco already this year. Hmm. All sorts of crazy stuff going so- on. Hanson, you have the ability to talk in Joe's ear and not my ear? And no, vice versa? My phone, he texted us. I oh, can okay. see my phone. 
It's okay. right here in front of me. I was going to say, are we that high tech that he can talk to each of us individually? No, certainly not. Well, we, we mostly talk about you to, uh, <laughs> to each other. Yeah. Hilarious. Uh, so we'll get to all that stuff Joe mentioned. By the way, that thing from the podcast that Joe brought up about the teacher finally getting kids back in class after a year and they've forgotten how school works is the most important thing I've heard today. Now that I've heard it, not surprising at all. Yeah, it sounds nakedly self-promotional, but I really think it's a must hear. Yeah. If you if you hear it and you disagree, well, then don't listen for two more days to, to punish us. And if you as a parent or a teacher or a student are having a similar experience, uh, hit it uh, on the text line, 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I don't think we're going to get to it today. We'll bring it up tomorrow. So there are a couple of major clothing brands that in China, they've dug up some past statements that had been made by people with like Nike and H&M and Adidas that were uh, kind of anti, you know, slavery in China. Um, and now there's a bit of a boycott going for in China against Nike. And so I think Nike's going to be in a position in some of these other countries of they either got to like double down on that or say, no, we didn't mean it. And so this is going to happen over and over and over again in the coming months and years with Hollywood and the NBA and Nike and every and Apple and every company that does business in China. Yeah. And, you know, decoupling is the popular term, but it strikes me that decoupling railroad cars, you throw a switch or pull out a pin or something and they decouple. This is going to be more like tearing fabric. It's going to be messy. So uh, make sure I understand. So Nike had made some anti-slavery comments, and now they're in trouble in China for that? Well, like, for, for yeah, exactly. The okay. H&M in particular had, and then China, just their refusal to use cotton from the Xinjiang province, which is where the Uyghurs are being kept. But so now there's a boycott going on. So the, the, to, to, to end the boycott, they'd either have to say something positive that would be really bad, look bad in America. We understand the slaves are happy in their work. They're <laughs> let out occasionally for fresh air. Or double down and, 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 and probably end up severing the relationship with uh, the biggest market in the world. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, this will be ugly. There will be many decisions like that. It's a matter like of time. It's well, going it to happen. Is. It's going to happen. Nike will not be doing business in China at some point. Right, right. I just wonder how many companies are are operating, uh, you know, under the cloak of darkness, praying nobody brings anything up, yep. so they can keep milking the giant dragon for its delicious juices. <laughs> That's a metaphor that went in the direction I hadn't really intended. Dragging milking. Probably you need both hands. Well, where's our where's our South Park clip there, uh, Michael? What do you what do I have to tip you? What are you doing in there? What is that? Are you reading a comic book? You gotta lower your ideals of freedom if you want to suck on the warm teat of China. That's what I'm saying. Dragon ain't gonna gonna milk itself. (laughs) So this is, I hope I can convey this properly. It struck me as really smart. I love Emily Jashinsky. We used to talk to her semi-regularly when she was with the Washington Examiner. She's with the Federalist right now. 
Um, and, and she wrote a, a piece that was, it's quite long, really. And it makes clear that she is a fan of your reality TV shows like The Real Housewives of This and That. Yeah, yeah. And I'm, I'm looking at I've this I've never list seen of, a minute of any of those shows. I know there's a lot of them and they're popular. Vanderpump Rules, uh, Kardashians. She names checks, uh, name checks a bunch of them. And evidently, Bravo Network runs this stuff all the time. They're getting hammered and having to take shows off the air because the woke crowd sees the bad behavior of the various housewife idiots or whatever and demands that the episodes be taken down or the shows be taken down. And Emily Jashinsky is trying to explain, no, you numbskulls. That's the point of these shows. These people aren't the heroes. They're the butt of jokes. The whole point of the show is they're idiots, and they're called out as idiots. But the woke crowd, and this is one of the things that I find so perplexing about them, they don't even want the lesson taught. They just want it to disappear. So what sort of thing do the overly tan bejeweled milfy housewives do that uh, it runs afoul of the woke crowd well there were a bunch of uh, examples one of them wore a diana ross costume i'm guessing it's a white gal some gal wore an indian headdress uh... right the whole point of the thing would be look how crass these people are i guess right, but yeah that, it goes back to what bill maher was talking about these people see it as these are not worthy people of being famous we mm-hmm. should have worthy people be famous Stop paying attention to not worthy, you know, just kind of using... Even if they're famous for being unlikable? It it doesn't matter. They want to be famous. And that famous person is in my way of being famous. Because there's only so much fame to go around. (laughs) Why are we paying attention to despicable people? I think that's uh, a lot of it, too. Yeah, and there are more examples of that. I just thought it was odd and ironic. Um, They're always so tan. The only thing I see is pictures of some of these people, and they're just crazy tan. And so fake baboobed. Uh, you know, um, the whole need to be famous. I wish there was more discussion of that. And I, it sounds ironic given what we do for a living and uh-huh. that we're pretty well known, but I don't, I have no desire to be famous, quote unquote famous. I am happily doing this job semi anonymously. I like to say funny things about what's happening in the world. I don't want to be like worshiped or recognized or anything like that. Mm. You know, if the work is respected, great, but fame. To the extent that it's real, sucks. I wish we had more time to talk about it. You don't want it. You know you are not happy and I'm Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. Final Here's your host for Final Thoughts, Joe Getty. It's the echo. The echo. Haunting. Hey, let's get a final thought from everybody on the crew. He's our technical director, Michelangelo. Michael, final thought. Yeah, my dad and I used to love to watch Dana Carvey together, and I'll never forget uh, seeing my dad laugh so hard when uh, it was Catherine Hepburn he was uh, making fun of. She was starting her car, (laughs) and he was comparing the car to the noises she makes, and it was really funny. I remember that bit. Yeah, Yeah, talented dude. Uh, Positive Sean, speaking of talented dudes, your final thought? Yeah, big NBA news today. Trade deadline happens uh, some point later today. But my favorite subplot of every big NBA news day is Twitter users keeping score of which reporters are breaking which stories the most and, and declaring one of them the winner on the day. It is hilarious. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, that is interesting. Jack, a final thought for the folks? Breaking news on the who's the fastest in my family front. 
I uh, had a race with my son, and I won, but like just a nose, and I ran flat out as fast as I could. Oh, boy. So I think I've got days left of being the fastest person in the family. Or you could get some exercise once in a while. Just start carrying around some pocket sand, throw it in his face. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Uh, my final thought is uh, Delaney's <laughs> visiting with her beau, who we had FaceTimed with but had not yet met. Uh, the first uh, moment of him actually meeting me, his back was turned to me. When I walked into the kitchen, I said, hi, friends, and he jumped. So his first second with me was being terrified. He jumped. That's good news. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah, you want him jumping? You want him on his heels? Oh, yeah. What was that? <laughs> exactly. And then while he's startled, you shoot for the double leg. <laughs> you don't have to knock him down. You know. Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. So many people to thank so little time. Go to armstrongandgetty.com. We have a lot of great clicks for you. We will feature that segment of the podcast. It's the end of hour two about the teacher and the students. And just listen to it. Uh, you can email us, mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. Go buy yourself some great A&G swag, would you? It helps uh, keep the guys paid. God bless America. Listen up, Jack Wagon. What are you doing? Worst episode ever. That's the fact, Jack. Have you considered being good at your job? I'm done with this. No, no, no. Sorry. I'm rubber and you're glued. Bad names bounce off me and stick to you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's just complete, utter nonsense. You dare to dance in the path of greatness. It was epic. And that's Words. Number one, the one part. Number two, what they said. Number three, you get the drill. On that high note, thank you all very much. Armstrong and Getty.